Shalom. My name is Rabbi Tuvia Teldon. I'm the director for Lubavitch of Long Island. And I want to welcome you again to the Jewish Spotlight. We're about to approach one of the most exciting holidays of the Jewish year, a holiday that everybody sympathizes with and everybody observes because everybody knows that Hanukkah is something that every Jewish person wants to be part of. It's lichtuk. It brings light into our house. It brings light into our lives. And something, of course, that the kids love because they get lots of gifts and everybody's really into the Hanukkah mood. Well, we were thinking about something to do a little bit interesting, a little bit different for our Hanukkah show. And we came up with something that I think will surprise you that you'll want to be part of and you'll want to learn a little bit about. And that is a very special something about the Hanukkah menorah that perhaps you didn't know before. This, believe it or not, is not a menorah that's made for candles, even though that you might think you have to buy candles all the time, you have to have, be prepared. This is a menorah that's made for oil. And for this, we have a very special person from Tzivuz Hashem, the international Jewish educational movement, to be able to teach us about what it means to make an olive oil press. I want to introduce Rabbi Albuquerque. How are you, Rabbi Teldon? Nice to be back again. It's good to have you again. Thank you. I want to see what you have here. It looks like we have a whole well, manufacturing plant. Are we going into business? That's right. We're going into oil processing here. All right. To become a refinery for real pure olive oil, Shemen Zayazach, which we're going to now press. Why do you have to have Shemen Zayazach? Why does it have to be the purest of the pure? Well, because uh, the menorah is a very, very special uh, uh, instrument. It's actually a very important symbol of the Jewish people, of Judaism. And the menorah was situated in, a, in the temple in Jerusalem. Right. And in the, in the temple, there was a menorah shaped very similar to this one, except that it only had seven arms. It didn't have a shamash. It was straight across with seven arms. And it was lit with shemen zaidzach, with pure olive oil, which means the oil that comes from the olives first pressing. And that oil was used to make a very clear light on all of the seven branches. On Hanukkah, however, as you know, and uh, everybody does, we light one light each night, but of eight candles in order to m commemorate the Hanukkah miracle mm -hmm. that uh, happened with the lighting of the Shemen Zaidzach. Why does it have to be pure? Well, like anything else, Judaism uh, uh, expects the best from us. And uh, as there is a cracking process in any refinery of any kind of oil, it's, it's the finest oil that we want because oil represents wisdom, represents the deepest part of Torah. And this also, it's interesting, I think a lot of people are not aware of it. People know that the story of the destruction of the temple or what happened, let's say, during the time of the Hashemunayim, that there, were, there was only one pach shemen, only one container of oil, people think, that was found in the whole temple. But that, of course, is not the case. There, was a, there were many, many containers of oil, but only one of pure oil that still had the seal of the Kohen Gadol, of the high priest. And that's why... This year, we still traditionally use that Shemen Zayazach, that very specially refined oil, to be able to use in the menorah. That's right. We're going to talk all about that. All now. right. Take it away. Do you don't mind if we bring some kids along? I love it. We have some children here in the okay. audience that are uh, going to be very helpful. I don't like to do all the work myself because, basically, this is really a children's program, and they're always interested to find out how things are done and how things are made and where they come from. And one of the most fascinating things that I've ever had to go and discover myself was how to make olive oil from a vegetable. An, an, an olive and it's an amazing thing we're going to use an old fashioned fruit press which we have right here it's going to work as a, as a ratchet we're also going to use a centrifuge and we're going to use some pure cotton to make some wicks as was done in the times in the Beit HaMikdash and then we're going to light those wicks inside of our menorah here uh, the most important thing about Hanukkah it seems is the miracle of the oil we always repeat the idea of how the oil lasted for 8 days and so on but, you know, there's a lot of miracles that have happened with oil. And a lot of things we could talk But why 
did the rabbis take so much notice of the oil when at the same time what was really happening that brought about the miracle of the oil was a whole military campaign. Right. The, the Greeks had come into, into Israel and decided that the Jews would from now on not be able to observe Judaism. They were intent on destroying Judaism from, from, from the ground up, except that they wanted to keep the people around, obviously, to keep them as a faithful citizen to the, to the Greek, uh, to the Greek uh, nation. But it wasn't like that. The Greeks, although they had a huge army, they were overwhelmed by the Maccabees, the, the Hashmonaim, as you said. And the children had a lot to do with that. Because even though the Greeks said that you're not allowed to teach children Torah, and if a child was caught learning Torah, he would be arrested. Why don't we get some kids up here to do some work? Uh, can we have some of the children come from the audience and help us out, please? We've got a lot of work to do, so it'd be good if uh, we can get... Come on, uh, kids, come right around over here. We can get you guys to help us out That's while we, we talk about this. Come right around right. here. Uh, they look like they're ready to work hard. We have a lot of olives here that I need you. You guys want to know how to make olive oil? Yeah. You do? Great. So come right over here now. What I'm going to ask you to do is do exactly what the kids in the times of the Maccabees did, the Hashmonaim, which is to pick out olives to prepare for the press so we can squeeze them. Now, I'm going to ask you not to pick the green ones. You see, it's very interesting that Hanukkah happened at the time of year that, that it did because the time of year that Hanukkah happens on is a time of year when we pick olives, black olives, especially mission olives, off the trees in order to make them into olive oil. The green olives that most people like to eat, by the way, don't eat these because they're really, really bitter. If you take a bite, even the black ones, they're not going to taste yummy like the ones you get in the can. So only pick out the nice black shriveled ones and put them inside of this basket right here. I'd like to fill up this basket with your help. So everybody start picking some olives out of there, some nice right, black olives. That's right. Work. Put them right in over here. And if you get your hands a bit dirty, well, that's okay because, uh, because that's what half the fun is all about. What was happening in the times of the temple is that the Greeks had actually defiled the temple. They'd already been able to walk inside of the temple, having, having overcome the standing army of the, of the Jews at the time, and they had defiled the temple. And in the temple, there had been put an idol in the place of the menorah, which had been extinguished. There was all kinds of other foreign uh, symbols, and we had a problem that the Jews were just about to give up everything. Except that the children didn't quit. The children would go hide out in caves and still continue to study Torah. And what did they do when they didn't have, uh, when they didn't have the chance to hide fast enough? They would put out, pull out their dreidels, right? And spin them. And then when somebody asked them, what are you guys doing with those dreidels? Aren't you learning Torah? And they'd say, oh, no. Oh, no, Mr. Greek soldier, we're just playing dreidel. So the kids were very, very instrumental in winning back the Beit HaMikdash, the temple of Jerusalem, back for the Jewish people. At the beginning, the, Ro the Greeks, rather, had, sa had said a lot of the mitzvahs that we normally do were not going to be allowed to be done. Do you guys know any of those mitzvahs that uh, they didn't want us to do anymore? One of them was brismila, right, to have circumcisions, and not to keep kosher, and not to keep Shabbos, that's, that's right. All these things were said to be forbidden, but the Jewish people continued. And when they came to the city called Modi'in. Over there, they found a man. Here, just get the black ones. That's right. Don't get the green ones in there. In the Modi'in, they found an old man with his sons, the Maccabees, and they would not bow down to the Greek idols under any circumstances. And the Maccabees revolted when the Greeks brought 
one Jewish person to come over and sacrifice a pig in front of an altar, in front of an idol in the city of Modin, Matityahu, the old, old man, took a sword from one of the Greeks and started fighting against the Greeks. And eventually his sons, who saw the bravery of their old father, went, came to his side and went and fought against the Greeks and chased them all out of town. Obviously, we know that didn't make the Greek general very, very uh, uh, happy. So what he did is he sent... You guys listening to this? You guys already know this from your school, right? Hebrew schools and yeshivas. They, we, teach, we teach all these things there. And they said that... Uh, we're getting there. There's a few it's more almost guys. filled, right. So they said that they were going to fight to the death. And that scared the Greeks a lot. And that was one of the main things that really got the war going. The Jewish people gathered behind the Maccabees, and even though the Jews were very few in number, and the Greeks had... They weren't just the Greeks. They brought together the Syrians. There were all kinds of mercenary soldiers. There were elephants that could fight and, and skew people with their, with their tusks. It was an incredible war. But in the end, who won? The Maccabees won. And the Maccabees drove out all the Greeks, and they came to the temple, but there was one problem. As Rabbi Teldin mentioned, the entire temple had been defiled. And there was oil everywhere. As a matter of fact, all the oil had been opened up so that it could have been made impure. That means it was prepared for idol worship, and that could not have been used in the temple. We have enough? Let's see here. Oh, yeah. Let's add a few more. Just, just to add a few more there. Oh, this is really... You guys deserve a real, real prize for that. So we're going to give you guys some Hanukkah gelt, some chocolate coins there. And there you go. Okay. Great, great. Now stand aside a little bit, and I'm going to ask you guys to do a few more things in a minute. Now, you see this here press. This press is the kind of a press we use for pressing olives nowadays. And you can press other things with it also. Some people use it to press grapes. And we have some little keys here to close up this press. And who can help me do that? Can uh, Rachel, can you help me do that? Take this pin and put it inside of the press, inside the hole right there. Can you reach it? There you go. Press it down. That's hard. Oh, boy. Uh, Esther, won't you help her a little bit? And let's get this other one also in the bottom. And now that we can close up the press. Oh, yeah. This takes hard work because it's got to be tight enough to hold all the olives inside of the press while we... Oh, you okay? Oh, it's really, really tight. You all right? Good. Let's take the, uh, the bag. We're going to take this whole bag of olives that you guys just prepared. Only black ones, right, everybody? We'll put it inside of the press. Now... Who's the engineer around here? Can you figure out what side of the press this goes into? What's this going to do? This is going to press the olives. It's going to go down on top of the olives so they get squeezed real tight. So this one's going to go in here. And this one's going to go next to it like this. This is an actually very, very old invention, but it's a new press, more or less. Take this block right here, Esther. And David, you take the other one. I'm going to position it so that you guys can put the blocks in. You put your block right in there, just like that. Good. And you put yours the same way in here. Good. Now we have two more blocks. Let's have Rachel take one and one for Mendel. Rachel, put yours right here. Good. There you go. And Mendel. All right. Now that was the easy part. Here comes the hard part. Now, in the old days, they didn't do this with this kind of a press. In the days of the Maccabees, they had stones, gigantic rolling stones, or sometimes they would use a large cedar log, which cedar wood is very heavy, especially when you use a whole log, like you have over here. And that was used to squeeze all the baskets of olives inside of a metal vat, and that would then squeeze the olives very, very tight so that we could start 
getting the olive oil out. Who would like to help me with this? Let's see. You would and you would. Okay. How about you come around here, Esther? Come right over here like that. And can you reach this pole? Now take that pole and pull it toward you. Pull it toward you. And now push it. Push it back and forth. There you go. As you go back and forth, Rachel and Mendel, you see how those pins are moving up and down? Keep going back and forth like this. This ring in the center is going to be turning. A little further. Can you reach a little further? This is like rowing your boat back and forth, back and forth. There we go. Now, Esther, when you get tired, you just tell me, and we'll ask maybe David to come up here and give us a hand with this, because this is going to be awfully difficult to get all the way to the bottom, because we need thousands of pounds of pressure to go on top of those olives, on top of those pits, to really, really get the olive. Wait a minute. What are we going to get out of these olives? Olive oil or olive juice? Are we really going to get straight olive oil from the olives? We're not. You guys have seen this before, I bet. We're really going to get olive juice out of it. What we're going to have to do with the olive juice, though, is separate the olive oil from the olive juice. Now, you guys know what happens when olive juice and olive oil get together, don't you? Yeah, but you're going to tell me that in a second. David, why don't you take over a little bit and see how far you can get with this thing. This is really difficult for a little kid, but maybe you guys can still do it. Oh, look at that. You Are you on the rowing team at school? No, you're not? Oh, you can make it all, all the way across the Hudson in no time. Keep going. Now, you guys watch around the edges of the press. I can see some juice starting to seep out the sides. And I'm sure you can too, Rachel. Can you see some of that juice? Yeah, you can, huh? It's starting to come out. Now, Rachel, you know what I need you to do? You hold on to this cup and put it right there just under the spout so that when the juice starts coming out, you're going to start catching it. Getting tired there, David? No, you're not. Good. Keep going because... Because soon we're going to have a lot of olive oil. The idea was, though, in those days of the Maccabees, why did they have to bother making new oil? Since we just said there was so much olive oil left in the temple, why did they need to make more? Well, actually some people said, let's use the oil that the Greeks left behind. Somebody said, wait a minute. The Greeks took away everything, even the, the menorah. Why should we go and use their oil? Why did they leave it behind? They didn't forget it. They must have left it here for a reason. And the reason was is because the Greeks wanted that the Jews should light the menorah with that defile, that impure olive oil. So the Jews had to do what? They had to send somebody away, a bunch of people, to go and make new olive oil. And that new olive oil was what they wanted to really use. But in the meantime, what could they do? Could they light the menorah? Nope, they couldn't. So what happened? I'll tell you what happened. It actually has to do with a kid. He was a Kohen, and he was helping to clean up the temple. Oh, look at all that stuff coming out the sides. It's starting to pour in there. Why didn't anyone tell me? Look at that dripping into the cup. Esther, move to the side a little bit more so everybody can see what's happening there. Can you see that olive oil coming out of there? Olive juice, that is. So they sent some people to a city called Tekoa. David, you getting tired yet? Yeah, you're all red, though. It doesn't bother you, huh? Trying to sweat it up. It's starting to really get... Maybe we should give Mendel a chance. Mendel, you want to take a take a swing at this thing? Okay. Uh, no problem. David, give give Mendel a chance to, to give a couple of swings at this Good thing. Good job, David. Yeah. Oh, how did you turn that thing? It's so tight already. Go ahead. Give it a shot, Mendel. All the way back and all the way... There you go. Back and forth. Oh, look at that sweat you built up. Huh? I didn't think you were going to do all that today. Oh, arms are hurting and all. 
Whoa, look at all that stuff coming out of there. Look at that. This thing here works fast. So there was this little boy who was helping to clean up the temple, and he comes up to Yehuda Maccabee, who was there, obviously, o- overseeing the entire operation of bre- getting the temple back in shape. And guess what? Guess what, Mando? It's coming out. Can you hear that? It's dripping into the cup. I have to move to the side a little bit more and closer to... There you go. And ruffle also back up a little bit. There you go. Everybody should be able to see that. You people in the audience should definitely be able to get a good glimpse of some olive oil. Oh, look at that table moving. Rabbi Teldon, thank you so much. You just rescued our, our entire menorah and, and, and contraptions over here. Oh, Mendel, look at that stuff coming out of the purple, yellow, black, olive juice, olive oil, all mixed up together. Wow. Okay, let's stop right there. Uh, Mendel and David, could you unscrew those two clamps we have down there? We have two, two clamps in the front of this table, if you can help us out. Come to the front of the table there and unscrew those two clamps. Can you do that? Right, right, here, right, right over here. Right in front. There you go. Take that one off and take the other one off. There you go. So what I'm going to do now, uh, Rachel, be careful. I'm going to tilt this entire press, and it's going to come way forward. Are you ready? Rachel, be careful. Rachel, you're going to hold on to that. And if it gets on your clothes, well, no, mom hopefully will we'll uh, not mind so much. You getting it there? Oh, you got on your clothes. Are you getting the... the Wait a minute. Let's get some help over here. And we're going to take them out. And I'm going to tilt this press. Real tight. Yeah, it was very tight. You're right. Hopefully you won't. And you ready? Rachel, be careful. Keep it under That. That's it. Rachel, here it comes. It's going to start pouring out now. And it's pouring out. That's it. Can you see that olive oil pouring out of there? Okay, hold it in position. It's That's coming, it. Good coming, job. Coming. There you go. Let's get as much of it as we can. And all that olive oil boys, move aside. and olive juice is what we need. Oh, it's getting heavy. <laughs> really heavy, huh? Use two hands. One hand is good enough for you? Yeah. Okay. Alrighty, let me have your cup there. And I'm going to just take everything out of there. And keep holding it there. Keep holding it there. Just put it so that it stays by itself. Okay? Just put it right there. And it'll stay right by itself. Good. Whew. Good that, job. Was bro. that hard? That was great. You, kids you guys great. did a great job. Yeah. We got, but we got more work to do. Now, this here cup is very unusual. You see it's a funny looking cup. Is it a funny looking cup? It is, isn't it? Where is the spout coming from? Spout's coming from the bottom instead of from the top. Usually a cup with a spout has a spout right at the top so you can pour. Well, the reason for that is, is because, as I was telling you before, the olive oil is mixed with olive juice. What part of the olive juice do we want? The oil, the olive oil. And the olive oil sinks to the bottom, right? Yeah. Yeah, sure it does. Olive oil does what? floats to the top floats to the top and so what I want to do is I'm going to pour out most of the stuff that is not olive oil I'm going to pour out from the bottom and what do I have at the bottom? the juice, olive juice so I'm pouring out the olive juice I'm going to catch most of the stuff on the surface which is the olive oil and once I get rid of most of it I'm going to use six little test tubes to fill up with olive juice and oil Right? 
So I'm going to give each of you guys a test tube and hold on to a few. Got one for you, one for you, one for you, one for Rabbi Talden. Oh, thank you. Sure. And one for Rachel. Now, each one will have to have a number. Each test tube has to have a number because I want you guys to guess. Which test tube will have the most oil? Number one, or number two, or number three, or number four, or number five, or number six. So, do we have enough here for six of them? Here we go. Rabbi Teldon, let's have you as okay. number one. Rabbi Teldon is definitely number one in Long Island and probably in many places in the country. And we're going to put oh. that into test tube slot number one right over here. Do we need to close it? And not Yes, not eventually. Okay. Once we get enough olive juice into these test tubes, you're number two. Number two is filling up. There you go. Put yours into slot number two. Mendel, you're going to have some more olive mm -hmm. juice in your cup. In your yeah. test tube. You guys ever do science class? Come around. Yeah. yeah? You've seen what test tubes look like, and you, you know that if you drop them, what'll happen? Yeah. They'll break into smithereens, and you don't want that to happen. And let's pour that into there. There you go. Make sure you put yours into number five, and you're going to be number six. Number test five, tube number six. There we go. And you go ahead and pour yours. Don't pour it, rather, place it into test tube number yeah. one. And who has number four? Number four is also in there. There you go, Rachel. Good job. Okay. Alrighty. Oh, we got him a little. Oh, wait, we're missing a test tube mm -hmm. here. How could that be? One more test tube here. Okay, guys, let's stand over here. Okay. We need some more juice. Rachel, you left that cup there? Good. Let's get some more juice in here. Why do you guys perfect think you did a good job. that we're going to have... Well, let's hear. What test tube do you think we're going to have the most juice in? Mendel. Not sure. You're not sure. What do you think, David? Three. Three. What do you think, Esther? Not sure either. How about you, Rachel? Rachel says six. Okay, Rachel, we'll see if you're right. Flip that switch right over here. Can you see that switch under there? Flip it, and when I tell you, you'll, you'll also switch it off. Go ahead. Good. Now the, the centrifuge is going to start spinning around, and what happens when the centrifuge spins around is all the test tubes are going to start moving sort of at an angle, and then all the juice, which is heavier than the oil, are gonna go, is going to go to the bottom, and the oil is going to stay on the surface. And we're going to see how much oil there is on the surface of each of the test tubes. Now, what happened on Hanukkah is, is this little boy who was helping you, the Maccabee, clean up the temple with all the other Maccabees, looks around and he sees there's no pure oil. No pure oil anywhere. So he starts looking around. And in the temple, there was a place where the altar was. And by the altar, there was a hole. He said, I wonder if I should go in there and clean up too. So somebody says, well, you're the only one who can fit to go in there. So they sent him down there with a rope and he climbed down. He started scraping the whole place out, cleaning up real good. And guess what he found in one of those little crevices? A jug of oil. oil. And this jug of oil seemed to be so old, it had a stamp on it from the priest, from the Kohen Gadol. And they took that out. He showed it to Yehuda Maccabee, who was very, very happy to find it. And they lit it on the menorah. That little tiny jug that would only have lasted how long? One day. One day. But miraculously, it lasted for eight days. Let's turn that centrifuge off now. Got that switch? It's hard, huh? There we go. 
And while we wait for the centrifuge to stop, it's going very, very fast, we have to remember what happened. Everybody saw that the menorah lit for five, for six, for seven, for eight days. Until now, everybody had thought that the war that the Maccabees won was only because the Maccabees were very smart and very clever and very strong, even though they were very few. They didn't think that maybe Hashem, God, had done a miracle. But when they saw that the menorah stayed lit for eight days, miraculously, everybody knew that no, this wasn't just because the Maccabees were tough. It was because the Maccabees were helped by Hashem, by God. That's right. And that's why we have the miracle of Hanukkah. Okay, now the test tubes are stopping. Let's see which of these test tubes have oil in them. Here's one test tube. It's got a tiny drop. You know what? While we're taking the test tubes out, let's show everybody how to make a wick. Mendel, take a little bit of cotton and show everyone how to make a wick. Hold the test tube a second. We make a wick by taking pure cotton. Don't use any synthetic stuff. And put it in the palm of your hand, which is kind of messy by now, and roll it into a wick. Let me see you do that, Mendel. There you go. That's it. Go on. And we're going to put these inside of the menorah. Okay, let's let's see wicks. if we can light them. Let's make a couple of wicks here. There you go. There you go. And in the meantime, I want to start pouring some of this oil. This. Let me you see your test water. tube. Look at that. In this test tube, we have a little bit of oil. And we're going to pour that into the first candle. There you go. And let's put these aside so you guys can have a look at them again later. And wick. let's have another test tube. This test tube here is going to have a little bit more oil. Guys, look at this. We're getting some real olive oil out of these olives. And number three. Whoa! Whoa. Look at this olive oil. How much we got out of this one. This must have been number six. That's right. Rachel was right. Test tube number six had the most olive oil in it. Let's fill up the candles. And you guys know how to light the menorah, right? From which side to which side? Right to left or left to right? Uh-huh. Let's fill it up. Look at all that olive oil. You think we'll have enough olive oil to light all the candles? Let's see here. Here we go. Who's got the guts to light this menorah now? Okay, let's get it going. Okay, Mendel. Great. You helped us out. Let's assume it was the eighth night of Hanukkah. From where are we going to start lighting? From right there. So let's dip it in the oil, and let's see if it lights. Wait, what bracha do we make? Baruch atah Adonai Eloheinu Melech HaOlam Asher Kedishanu B'Misotav V'Tzivanu Lahadlik Ner Shel Chanukah. Let's see if it lights. Okay, let's start lighting. There's also a second bracha. Baruch Ata Adonai Eloheinu Melech HaOlam She'asa Nisim I told you, Rabbi Keldon, we could do it. Well, that's our show for tonight. I hope you enjoyed it, and I hope you got something out of it, because I found it very interesting myself. And now for the important part. Everybody out there, 
Go out and do something special for Hanukkah. Take your children into the city. Go to some type of special Jewish place of interest. Come to any of our Chabad activities, any activities in the community. And just in Chabad alone, we have activities in the malls, in the railroad stations. We have it in the public areas. We have Hanukkah mobiles driving all around Nassau and Suffolk. Make sure, though, the most important thing, you take that menorah and every single night around 5 o'clock, light it and say those blessings. Do whatever you can. And if you want to know where our special events are around Long Island, just give us a call or write us a letter. We're at 58 Comac Road, and that's in Comac, New York, 11725. Or else just drop us a call at 462-7383. And if you want to know a little bit more about what we're doing around the island, just look us up on the website at ChabadLA.org or even call us on the Superphone. We're at 76 Super, where you'll be able to find a beautiful, beautiful exhibit of what Lubavitch is doing around Long Island. In the meantime, make sure... Take those menorahs, light them, bring light into your life, bring light into your family, bring light into your community, and do your best to make sure that next year we'll be spending Hanukkah in Jerusalem. Shalom, and see you next week, same time, same station, on the Jewish Spotlight.